Lesbian speaking. Lesbian speaking. Lesbian speaking may contain adult content and is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Lesbian Podcast. This week, the big shout out goes to my mom, Cindy. She has been a major supporter, not just of the podcast, but if you watch my TikTok, you know she's there. She's been helping me manage my account and I really appreciate it. Make sure you go and give her a follow on TikTok at CindySue223. If you want to support the podcast, make sure you go to patreon.com forward slash lesbian speaking. You can contribute once a month. You can give a one-time amount. Shoot, I'm even on Venmo. You can hit me up there. I appreciate everybody's support, everything you do to make sure that this podcast keeps going and helps pay the bills. Now let's get to the show. Do you use Rakuten? If not, why aren't you? All you have to do is go through Rakuten through the app or the website to make your online purchases and every quarter you get cash back. Even better than that, Rakuten helps you find the deals of the day where you can get the most cash back and the products that you're looking for. Sign up through the link in this episode today and you'll get an additional $30 cash back on your first purchase of $30 or more. This is for a limited time, so make sure you sign up today. Hello and welcome to Lesbian Speaking Podcast. Today I have Chris M. Lyon. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Lee, thank you so much. Great I know here. you have so many things that you do uh, within relationships, relationship work. So tell us, what is it? What is your background? What do you do? Well, I work a lot with people on their relationships with themselves and others. That's a big mm-hmm. part of That's just how you would, that encompasses all of my work. But I've been in my own private practice for 23 years. Uh, I'm a relationship author. And okay. I am a personal and executive coach. I'm a board certified hypnotist and I'm certified in applied neuroscience and brain health. So I put all that stuff together to help people with their healing and empowerment in their lives. Wow. Okay. So let's just clarify because you are a hypnotist. I want to make sure that those of you at home know that Chris will not be hypnotizing you through the podcast. Right. I'll hypnotize right. you. Yes. Me, <laughs> maybe because... <laughs> We no, we won't, we won't here, be doing that yeah. through the podcast unless it's to buy a book, but no, I'm just kidding. There you go. <laughs> yes. So what is the name of your book? The name of my book is leading and supportive love. And it's interesting because I work with clients on all kinds of relationships. Uh, people okay. come in and they have monogamous relationships. They have polyamorous relationships. They have relationships that are more leader led where they choose that, which is dominant submissive relationships. Um, even people who are in a vanilla lifestyle in dominant submissive relationships. So there's all mm-hmm. kinds of people I've worked with over the decades. And this book is actually the only book in the world that is breaking things down about dominant and submissive relationships, okay. uh, leading and supportive love without it focusing on any specific lifestyle. So it's for right. any lifestyle. And it's really the only book out there like that. It's been out there for a while. And it's yeah. probably one of the standards uh, for people who are in those types of relationships. Okay. Wow. So so when you say the, the DS relationships, it we're talking about 
where people have already found themselves to be within that role and fit within that role? Or can it be those who may have accidentally found themselves in that role in the relationship? It's really for primarily, and, and I really focus on that, partners who feel like, you know, I'm a leader in the relationship or I am the follower in the relationship. That's who I am. Okay. And I want to serve my partner in that way. And it's, it's that a kind of teamwork dynamic that's created mm-hmm. that actually has less power struggles. But I do a lot of work, um, with partners who are dominant or submissive partners who were in abusive relationships with someone who wasn't their counterpart. So that wasn't, right. they weren't really a dominant or submissive partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do a lot of work with that. There is a lot of, um, power dynamic issues with that. So I, I would say I've had tens of thousands of people I've heard from that have suffered because they thought like their partner was a, a true dominant partner and really they mm-hmm. were just domineering and selfish. Right. That's right. the number one problem. Those people that, mm-hmm. that are, that are not those kind of partners. I, that's not what my work is about. My work right. is about people who are like, this is my natural inclination. It's not for spiritual or religious or whatever. Like I'm doing this because I have to, because right. that this, my religion says so, or my family told me so, or a culture. No, this mm-hmm. is who this is. And I call it a relationship orientation. Right. So, so I think that's, that's great that you've pointed out that difference. Um, because it is important to realize that difference. I've been in relationships myself where the partner would say, well, I'm just a dominant person. And, you know, you're not used to being dominated. It's like, no. Um, <laughs> so I think there there is a very clear line between a dominant person and those who are um, taking taking control. Right. Versus, I, I, yeah. I for, for one, am not a dominant person, mm-hmm. but I'm a dominant partner. Right. So I'm the, I'm the leader in the relationship. But a lot of submissive partners are actually not submissive people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are leaders. So I work with a ton of people like that. People don't understand that a lot of submissive partners are truly, I mean, some of the greatest leaders we've had uh, in the world are submissive partners. We had a, a president that was one uh, more recently back that was you talking about Clinton? You're talking about Clinton. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. I thought I would make it funny there. <laughs> I know, exactly. I, I yeah. got you. I got you. But yeah, we've had some great leaders that have been submissive partners. That's right. just the role that they have in their relationship that, that fulfills them to have that kind of leader follower dynamic. Um, I am absolutely not a domineering person at all. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 it's my job to really answer to my partner's needs and wants and to address those, um, and to address the fact that the relationship needs to be safe and, mm-hmm. uh, it needs to be connected. Uh, and you know, we're getting, you know, we're becoming better people. And so right. we both work on that as a team. So yes, it's a whole, people get really, really confused about it because it's, it's been given a bad name and for good reason. There's just mm-hmm. a lot of fakes in it. A lot of people who are like, you'll do what I say. And so the first thing I tell people is if you're looking for something like that and someone starts out when you're mm-hmm. vetting by saying, you need to do what I say, do what I you know want you to do. Even if it's a turn on, they're not a real dominant partner. Right. Because they're not your dominant partner until there's a commitment. Until there's, you know, you have a commitment between the two of you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they shouldn't be telling you what to do from the very beginning. And the real dominant partner won't do that. They'll step back and ask questions Mm -hmm. and get to know the other person and see, you know, if it's a fit for both. 
Um, they'll do a lot of information gathering. So people don't realize a lot of dominant partners are really sensitive people. A lot mm -hmm. of dominant partners are, are very conscientious. They question themselves a lot. Uh, they have a lot of pressure to be the best leader they can be. Um, people don't understand that about real dominant partners because then you have abusive people who say they're dominants out there. Okay. Yeah. Too many. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's interesting because there's a lot of things that you're describing that I've been known to do myself but I'm told that I'm the soft one. I'm the pushover. I'm the, but I'm also not the mean one. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, and, and, and here's the thing. Do you, would you rather have, do you want to make all the decisions about where you go eat and, and, and all those, the smaller decisions, do you want to be bothered to make them? Or would you rather someone cared about what you wanted and they made them? Uh, you know what? It's interesting. I, I end up making mm -hmm. all of those decisions. That's what I hear because you yes. don't have, because here's what happens with submissive partners, not saying you are uh -huh. one, but right. what happens with submissive partners is they end up being the leaders in the mm -hmm. relationship because the other partner really wasn't a dominant partner and didn't step up. That's when they think they got with a dominant partner and they didn't. Um, okay. So they end up taking over being the lead. And I have mm -hmm. a lot of videos on that. People just blow the videos up because there's so many people that relate to that. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, and when someone tells you I'm just dominant, I'm just a dominant person that's messed up. That is wrong on every level because in that type of relationship, you both agree. You both agree. Look, I'll, I'll make decisions on where we're going to go and when we're going to go stay or we're going to go on vacation, where we're going to go eat. But I'm going to find out all about what you like, what you want mm -hmm. before I do that. Or I'm going to be the protector and I'll kind of be the leader, but the leader needs to get everything that they can. They need to go to the school of the submissive partner. And the submissive partner, I think sometimes the submissive partner is the stronger partner in the relationship. Yeah, because they're speaking to what their needs are. I, that... a, lot of them, a lot of the submissive partners don't. Okay. A lot of them okay. expect the dominant partner to have some kind of... Um, my some kind of great skill and, yeah. and, and, and capabilities for... And I've noticed that the, uh, oftentimes the submissive partner is the better communicator. What do you do when that happens? Mm. What you do is the dominant partner needs to make sure the communication is good. And if they're not that good of a communicator, then they can be guided by the submissive partner. And then they can put some things in place. Like right. let's sit and talk. Let's have a check-in every week. You know, um, you come to me and make sure you can come to me and tell me whatever you want. Like they make a safe space. They create structure. Mm -hmm. um, but they can, you can always learn from your partner. But like with you, if you don't want to make all the decision and you'd like someone to help you do that, you mm -hmm. know, and you'd like, you would like someone to do that. Like, wow, I'd really like to not, cause a lot of submissives don't want to bother with all that. They do right. They just don't. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and if you had someone that did, didn't mind, it, who knows? You may be like, well, gee, I'm not having to take the lead all the time and I can come into my own power in the relationship because mm -hmm. I don't have to deal with that stuff. They do. They're dealing with mm -hmm. it. Cool. You know, both of them, serve. It's like a captain and first mate. They're both running the, they're both running the ship on the journey. Right. right? Um, but there's a lot of responsibility on both parts. And what happens is when you get someone who's a leader in there, a fake dominant, they'll say, it's just my way. And that's the way it needs to be. That's yes. the opposite of what they should be doing. Okay. That's an and that's what I'm relationship. used to. That's oh. what I'm used to. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's yeah. just an Now, did you think that they were different? Did you think that they would listen to your needs and in the beginning like of the re relationships? Absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, <clears> even, <throat> even one of them I had a, a, a long time friendship with for, you know, quite a few months before we got together. And in the friendship was very much listening 
to me and being that place of comfort. But then once the dynamic shifted, a different person came out. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And I've heard, you know, from other folks since then and speaking openly about it, that that's one of those traits of, of those folks who are secretly domineering or secretly narcissist or secretly something going on there that they're hiding. Yep. Covert narcissism mm-hmm. is, is basically what it came down to. So, um, and that's the you, best way I could touch on it. Do you think that you got love bombed by someone who's narcissistic? I, absolutely. That by that person okay. that I'm speaking <clears throat> about. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I was the greatest thing on earth. Um, and when things were, um, not going her way, things were terrible for me. And when things were going her way, I received love and affection and gifts and, and gifts wow. meaning little things, but she wanted big gifts in return. Right. So yeah, it was, it was, Ooh, boy. It was very That's much scary. Yeah. Yeah. It became very toxic for me. So, and unsafe. Yeah. I felt not safe. Yeah. And see in a, in a dominant submissive relationship, there's, there's a, there's a feeling of safety. There's Mm -hmm. a feeling of somebody has your back and they're looking out for you. And actually they can be really protective of each other. Right. Um, And I'm sorry that you felt unsafe like that. You know, I don't know if you're looking for somebody to where, you know, you don't want anyone to be the boss. You want both of you to make the decisions. I don't know what you're looking. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm one of those people where I've, I Mm -hmm. want half and half partnership. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to have to carry the full weight on any single portion of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So whether it comes to the housework or bringing in the money or having the communications or making each other feel safe, all of that, I would like to have equal met in the middle. Mm -hmm. Got you. Got you. That's hard to get because everybody Uh has different things to bring to the table. Yes. You know, like everyone's yes. like, I'm better at this. Well, I'm better at that. Well, I'm better at this. Mm-hmm. What I look for, for especially for my clients, is is it a balanced relationship where mm-hmm. most of my clients aren't keeping score? And and I don't suggest you do, right? Right, right. But to check in and see, does this feel out of balance? Right. Well, right? Am, am I doing more? Am I carrying more of the weight? Am I putting up with more of it? Am I... Mm-hmm not feeling safe in this? Am I feeling controlled? You know, what's going on? Um, But if it's feeling, if it is more balanced, you've got both of you working on on things together, but you may be doing different things. Exactly. Yes. And that's where it ties into what you were speaking about, um, being able to move on and recognize what you needed to move on in order to find new healthy relationships. Right. After yes. coming out of that imbalanced relationship. And yeah. I think that's what you boiled it down to is feeling that you're taking care of somebody when that's not what you signed up for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how do you go from that? Because I've, I've had that imbalance in probably every relationship. Um, yeah. And how do you go from that? And how do you build on to something that's more secure and safe? And how do you start looking mm-hmm. for it and not accepting the, what's not going to work for you in life. Exactly. One of my favorite things is to go through what clients have been through in relationships and maybe mm-hmm. even talk about the core cause of it. Like, did this happen as in your childhood too? Where, where you, because I noticed that there's this theme and, and a lot of people talk about it of when you're a kid, you don't have choices, right? And mm-hmm. so things happen. You don't have choice what's going on. 
but you kind of make some secret promises to yourself. Like, I'm not going to let this kind, I'm not going to be treated like this. Like when I'm an adult, I'm going to be treated better. They're going to be better to me. And what happens is, is that they become an adult or begin to, and they attract the same type of people or the mm -hmm. same type of situation. And they think that they're going to make it different than it was before, because this person won't do this to me. I'll make sure this is, they're going to think of me differently. The problem is, is that it goes haywire and mm -hmm. it doesn't work out that way. And it's almost like there's an echo because the same thing happens. They get hurt again. Right. Um, and the biggest mistake is to get into those same, those same situations with the same type of people. That's the mm -hmm. mistake. But a lot of people do that because it's their way of healing their childhood and making it different in adulthood. What you want to do is make sure you're not attracting the same situations and the same people. Mm -hmm. Then you can make it different. So a lot of people aren't doing that because the mind loves the familiar anyway. So if the mind loves familiar and then we're going to go make this different, then we're, we feel pretty strongly about it. But I think when you get out of those toxic relationships, it's good to look back and do a hindsight's 2020 view. Right. I love to sit with my clients and have them look back at these relationships and, and, and see it and go, wow, that was wrong. Mm -hmm. That was imbalanced. That was abusive or that was, you know, whatever they decide. And I, I wouldn't let that happen again. Right. That was miserable. That hurt. That was awful. And so I know that happened. Part of your healing is to know what happened. The second part is to realize how wrong it was. The third part is I'm not going to have that happening again. So right. you kind of make that like, I'm going to do differently. And so you continue to do your healing work all the way from maybe some people do trauma work, right? Trauma recovery. Mm -hmm. I do a ton of that with clients. Yes. So you do trauma work with them and um, uh, any kind of like recovery and, and, you know, if they were abused or any of that, and you help them rebuild who they are, where they can trust themselves better. So mm -hmm. they can actually trust their own guidance, right? Now, if they're trusting their own guidance, then they're going to be really open to learning boundaries and how to use boundaries to have more connection, to have better connection without uh, resentment or avoidance. Mm -hmm. Right. So if they're using these boundaries, they're doing this healing, they're becoming empowered. They're going to attract differently next time. They just are. They're, they're going to be more particular. They're not going to invite other energy. They're not going to have a moment to, to waste and they're going to get good at vetting. So I really work with people on the kind of recovery and learning from past relationships and, and the empowerment where you can trust yourself. You work to trust yourself. Then your vetting and your attraction is way different. You're attracting completely different energy. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen clients and, and, and I've, I've done this with them. People think I'm a, uh, what do you call a, um, where you've, you know, matchmaker. I, I'm not oh. a matchmaker, but I have had, and, and I don't talk about this a lot, but I've had many times in my career, clients who are recovering from a bad relationship and then they work on themselves and we help them find uh, somebody who ends up being their ideal partner, the best oh, wow. partner they ever had. And so I always you ask, should be a matchmaker. <laughs> I, I, right. But they find it themselves. I guide okay. them. So if you tell, okay. if you do what I tell you, like they do their own healing, we help with their healing, whatever healing they think they'll need. And I help guide them in that and that empowerment and all the things and the, and the boundaries and all. And when they're ready, I say, well, if you do the steps, I tell you, if mm -hmm. you really get in there and do it with a mindset that I'm telling you, it's not an afraid mindset. It's not a mindset that is anxious. It's not a mindset that's desperate. 
It's a completely different mindset of let me learn about myself. Let me have an adventure and see what happens. Right. But I'm right. going to be proactive. It's not like, oh, this person may not like, and most people are a no. Most prospects are a no. So I work <laughs> with them on mindset when they're ready. And I say, if you take the steps that you need to take, you will find this person. And when you find them, you'll tell me it was a hundred percent worth it. Cause a lot of people are like, no, it's so hard. It's so good. And I'm, I'm 40 and I'm like, <laughs> really? Because I tell 70 and 80 years old, olds and 40 years old, olds and 35 years, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how many kids you have. It doesn't, none of that matters. There are eight, what, eight billion people here? Come on now. There's people coming in and out of your, your, where you are all the time. There's people getting ready for relationships. They're everywhere, right? There's new so, seasons of 90 day fiance every day. So you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They're coming from every, there are, and I'm looking forward, but yeah. yeah. And so you, you have this thing where you're like, you work with them on their mindset. You leave them open to these things with these new boundaries mm -hmm. and they find these people. And I'll say to them after they're dating for a while, like a few months, I'll be like, okay, was it worth it? And they're like a hundred percent. I'm at a hundred percent with that. I am at a hundred percent with that. So, and while these clients are working on themselves, they're like, without meaning to losing weight. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them quit smoking or quit addictions. Um, you know, they, they get rid of relationships that are hurting them that are other, right. you know, or they, they, they kind of re redirect them, reorganize them. Um, and they're, they get better jobs. I mean, there's so many great things happen mm -hmm. when you go into the dating field where you're empowered and you're feeling good about yourself and you trust yourself, mm -hmm. you're going to meet some people who are like, yeah, I'm working on me. How about you? You right. know, let, let's talk about connection. Let's talk about, you know, health, healthy, really. And, and I don't think, and I tell my clients this, I don't think anybody should go into a new relationship expecting someone else to parent them, to, uh, to regulate them. Even in, in DS relationships, both people are grown adults who, who are taking care of themselves and responsible for themselves and their part in the relationship. Don't expect someone to save you. Don't go in playing games. Just go in as a grown ass adult that's doing your work on improving who you are and having a better, improving yourself as a person and the quality of your life. Look for people who have that outlook. Right. Right. Now, a lot of people say, well, yeah, I'm working on myself and they end up being abusive. So you kind of have uh -huh. to have all these conversations to find out, you know, what's really going on with them. So the vetting, yeah. and I tell people, don't start with, you know, uh, sex, don't start with kink, don't start with those things. Have, and I talk about, transactional conversations versus the chemical uh, interactions. Okay. When you go on a first date with someone and go on a date with them right away. If you, you know, you, you come across them, you message for a bit, message for like three days, two or three days. There's no okay. reason to keep doing that because your relationship's not going to be in text anyway. Right. If you have one. So you then, hope. Right. Right. Yeah. Talk on the phone, do video, whatever to, to <laughs> talk first. And, and right. a lot of young people will not do that. And then they'll come back to me and go, I should have talked to him on the phone. It was a horrible date. I'm like, well, so talk or video, then go out and sit and talk. Don't go out where you can go get drunk right. and be out in the middle of the night. No, just go sit and talk and have a conversation that has, you know, some chemistry and is transactional as well, where mm -hmm. you are at, you're talking to them about what are you doing? Where are you at? What have you, tell me about, you know, your past and what your experiences have been and where are you wanting to go? And just ask all the questions that are important to you. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't need to make it like a job interview, but there needs to be more transaction than just chemistry, right? Some people do, oh, it's going to feel so good to feel. That's the people who get hurt. Okay. 
note to self. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I know. I I do agree with you on the the texting. One of the things that drives me nuts with dating these days is so many will text and text and text. And I'm like, you know, I'll text for a couple days, Mm -hmm. figure out that you're a real human, you're safe, I can validate that you're not in prison, that's great. (laughs) Um, But then I want to meet. Yeah, I do want to meet or have a conversation or something um, because I don't want to continue this whole texting thing if we don't even have any chemistry. Yeah. And so many times I get just, why do you want to meet so badly? I'm like, why do you want to spend time texting a stranger so badly? Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's a good point. And if it were me, like I remember the, the relationship that I'm in now, it, uh, she found me online. Oh, okay. It, it was a really, really like vague website that like nobody ever heard of. It was years mm. ago. And, uh, she found me there. I didn't have a picture and I just put something out there. I wasn't active at it. And she said, Oh, Hey, you know, I noticed this about you. Da, 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 da. I'm like, okay, great. So we emailed or whatever back and forth a little bit. And I'm like, Hey, you want to talk? We'll talk on the phone. Well, I don't know. Things are going on and I have, to... I'm like, okay, I understand. I get it. No problem. Cool. So I kind of went on, she came back and said, Hey, whatever. And I said, Hey, let's talk. Well, I don't know. And I'm like, mm, let me tell you where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. This is about boundaries. And I said, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for somebody to go out and have a good time and just enjoy and talk and have fun. And I'm looking for that. And if you're not looking for that, then totally understand. No judgment. Totally get it. Um, and that's fine with me. It just isn't, isn't the right time. And she sent me her phone number within the hour because she knew I was going to be out. I was done. Right. I'm, I'm not playing games and I'm not going to sit and talk and text, play pretend. I'm not going to do that. It's right. just not going to happen. So, um, yeah, we met. It was great. But I definitely wanted, we talked first on the phone. We had like a two hour conversation. Uh, it was great. And we talked again and we went out. It was awesome. But I'm not going to let someone string me along. I'll just move on from it. Yes. Next, you know, that's not the person. And, and a lot of times you look at it this way and that's kind of telling about how the mm-hmm. relationship could go yes. if they're being flaky or they're controlling the whole situation. You know what I mean? It, yeah. Or so if that they're a catfish. Be, you know, oh my gosh, the catfish. Yeah. Like, oh, mm-hmm. the stories. And the catfish. Uh, oh, I thing, have stories myself. Yeah. I know, real. right? <laughs> yeah. Because there's so much of that. My, uh, mm-hmm. my stepson got catfished and yeah. uh, we had gotten a serious relationship with someone from it. And, and that person showed that they were a completely different person. They had a different appearance. Um, Different, but yeah. Oh, boy. And then, right. And then they FaceTime and he's like, whoa, totally different person. But she had already manipulated the situation to kind of have him in and she was love bombing. Mm. So, <clears throat> yeah, they got in and she was from the UK. Uh, after a number of months, she came and visited. And then he said she was going to come visit for three months. Did you hear that? Three months. Three. 90 days. But, and um, I went, that's oh, a- no. A magical <clears throat> number there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how is he an adult or is he a? Yeah, he's he's yeah, a college. He is. Okay. He's graduating um, this uh-huh. year, so I ended up getting on the phone with him and saying, and, and and because you know he was telling me what was going on, he says, "Well, we're broken up again," and she was supposed <laughs> to come out there again. the next week. Oh, yeah, no. the next week, and I'm like, "Okay, what's oh. going on?" He's like, "Well, she said this to me, and she said that, and she said these horrible things about my parents, my family, and my life, and she told me to you know do this to myself and all these things." I'm like you're in an abusive relationship. Yes. 
And I sat with him for 20 minutes and was able to talk him into going no contact. Good. And it's so good that he had you in his life. And I'm, I'm lucky that I was uh, uh, actually public with my relationship to where I had family members seeing it take place on screen yes. and contacted me and said, uh, there's things that are being said that we know you don't like. <laughs> okay. That was so, really good that you had yeah. that. It was really good. So, but I'm for so him sorry. to for him to have you, because she could have. And was she really in the UK? Yes, like, we, she okay. was. I, okay, she has. She's ha- she has a lot of pathology, a lot mm-hmm. of lot of issues. And so yeah. I started to tell him what I thought, and I started to back it up with things she's done and said. Mm-hmm. And he was just a little horrified. She tried everything. She tried him on every single possible app. And I told him she would, because that's what they, a lot of them do, but I knew yeah. she would. Yeah. Um, she did everything she could. And uh, I said, don't, 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 no con, just nothing. It, mm-hmm. Well, you know, she says I should, you know, we should have one last conversation. We really, I said, no. And what here's why. What is up with this one last with people? <laughs> it, it's, it's manipulation tactic. That's exactly yes. what it is. And yes. so, and see, I know all this because I've had clients for decades and I totally get it. So I, he's like, thank goodness I had you guys to help me through. Thank goodness I had you to talk to that got me away from that. He would have been a mess. He had yes. to get in going to therapy. I mean, you know, it, it's, it, 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 the, he was traumatized from it, mm-hmm. really traumatized. Yes. Um, and it, it broke my heart, but at least we got him away from that situation. And it's just a good, well-meaning person. You can be, some of these people are the most well-meaning people. If you think you have a catfish, make sure you get go on video with them mm-hmm. and that they show you their identification, their license. They show it to you who they are. Right. Um, other than that, next, if there's right. any games like, well, you know, I had, I lost my, okay, well, sorry about that. This just this isn't what I'm looking for, but you mm-hmm. take care and that's it. Move on. Don't put any more energy into that. Right. Move on from it. Take off, you know? Um, and so a lot of this needs to be, no, this isn't gonna, this isn't what I'm looking for, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, in your head, that's not working for me. No, that's a no. And the more you say no, the more you do, the -hmm. closer you come to the person who's going to be yes. Okay. The person who will meet those yeses. Yes. The person you're going to go, you know what? That's somebody I want to spend time with. That's someone I want to date. You date them and it's like, wow, Mm -hmm. we have a great, and you know, when you're compatible, it doesn't mean you're the same in in things. It means that things go together. Um, right. And so, you know, you want to watch for red flags and all the things, but that's why I say it's to be more transactional, mm-hmm. to ask the questions, ask backup questions, watch to see if what they're telling you is true, right. see how they're treating people they don't know, um, mm-hmm. see how they treat their family, their friends long-term, um, see if what they're telling you, if they're backing it up with how they're living um, how they dealt with, and it, it's really weird because you would do this with work, how they dealt with difficult issues or difficult people at work. It's true. Have, have those conversations. Why, why it is not? true. Right? Yeah. And and think about it. If you're going to be investing you and investing <laughs> your life in this relationship, wouldn't you want to have all of the transactional conversations necessary in order to be able to determine you can do that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Unless absolutely. they're really good in bed, then you're just screwed. Yeah, well, yeah, because then I you you would just mm. sign up for anything for <laughs> right. Uh-huh. I mean that that kind of thing can happen a lot. Yeah, but it's good so, not to go looking when you're desperate or you know when you're when it's urgent or oh I don't feel good about myself unless I'm in a relationship. No, no, not good. Yeah, 
It's so I'm one flag. of those people. I am I am like a serial single person. So when I attempt to have relationships with someone and it falls flat and I'm like, this is why I'm single, <laughs> which is a horrible way to think. I, I feel, uh, because it is out of frustration. Yes. However, um, when you're talking about, you know, go out and meeting somebody and going out and meeting somebody as a lesbian, mm-hmm. like what, where you're the clients you're talking about, are they in the community or are they straight clients? Like, where are you meeting these people? Where do you yes. meet these people? Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They're straight. They're bi. They're yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and I tell them, I say, you have better chance of of having more um, options mm-hmm. if you're on a couple of apps. And so I help them set that whole thing up. Right. Talk them through it. Um, and then they don't have to respond to a lot of people they don't want to respond to. Right. But they were the app to be able to attract people who would have more potential to attract someone that can be their ideal partner. So, okay. and then they have to go through a lot of no's, you know, um, mm-hmm. but you get more people in the funnel that way instead of right. just by, Oh, I'm just going to let, I'm just going to let it happen organically. Really? Mm-hmm. You, you, okay. So you're going to have your choice of like maybe three people that end up, uh, you know, it, it, I wouldn't let it happen organically. Well, it's true. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. It can happen. And these days you can't approach people in public. They're like, why are you talking to me? Yeah. What why is this what stranger do you want? doing approaching to me? It's not, let me buy you a drink. What did you put in it? You know? I mean, exactly. Like, well, who are yeah. you? Are you, do you have a record? Um, but yeah, I, I get that, but I think it's great to talk to people and say, Hey, maybe some friends will know or we'll go out to this club and maybe some, that's cool, but you have oh, yeah. more of a chance of finding an mm-hmm. ideal person by getting more people in the funnel. And so yeah. if you want to go do that at a club or a bar or whatever, that's fine. Um, but still get on two apps. Yeah. <laughs> Just get- So you talk about the, the wording. How direct would you be with your emotional needs? How direct would you be? Um, it just depends what those needs are. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I tell people to talk a lot about like what is important to them, what they're, what they're needing the most in their relationship. But I wouldn't say, Oh, I am traumatized. I need to be safe because oh, I yeah. just, you just don't need to do that. I but don't you can like those. And like, look, I've been through trauma. I've been through abuse, but when somebody puts that on their, on their page for dating, I'm like, no, I, because you're no, just not, you don't do that on a dating page. I, no. To me, and and no. you could say, you could say, I am really devoted to continuing working on my, my mental, physical, and spiritual health. Yes. Right? Or, and well-being, right? Yes. So you can totally do that. Um, and that's a great thing to say. And you can also say, because what I tell people to do is, I, and, and I'll give you this, because uh, this is easy to understand in little time. I tell people to make a list of three things. Okay. And each of those three things are, are lists. The number one thing is what you have to offer. And this is, okay. not, this is not what you're going to put. Some of it you'll put in your profile, but this is what you do before you prepare to go mm-hmm. out put yourself out there, what you have to offer. And, and a lot of people get stuck on that, but it's important that you don't, because if you do get stuck on it, you're not ready for a healthy relationship. Right. Okay. So make a list of everything you have to offer. And I've had to like, tell some clients, you know, come on now, you're loyal, you're funny, you're a good listener. Like, come on, you've told me all the, right. So then the second list is what you are looking for in a relationship or a partner, keeping in mind that you're looking for an experience. We're right. all wanting an experience. We're not mm-hmm. wanting this person with blue hair and six foot. Like we're, no. we're looking for an experience. So yeah. what you'd want to experience from a partner in a relationship, make a list. 
if you don't know, think more, you know, that kind of thing. The third list is what, um, what is a no, what your no's okay. are, what your no, no's, um, make a list of it. And that's it. Anybody mm -hmm. that, you know, th that clashes with that. Thank you. That's not really what I'm looking for, but I hope you find what you're looking for. Take care. I mean, that's it. Right. Bye. Um, so then when you get to making the profile, you can say things like, Hey, I'm working on this and it's really important to me that I have someone who's working on this for themselves too. Or I value this and it's important to me that my partner values this too. So you could say family or mental health, you know, well, health and well-being right. or, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, but, but you want to keep in mind when you're doing the profile, those, the things you have on the, on the, the, the three lists you have and you want to mm -hmm. use that to kind of be the base of the profile. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. If more people did that, I think we'd have a lot more clarity between people when they have conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. It's, all of the <clears throat> profiles are more about, you know, I like to go out dancing and I like to go for long walks on the beach. And it's like, yes. hey, I can meet tons of people to <clears throat> do that with. I have friends to do that with. True. I True. may and not want to do that with my partner. <laughs> See, you may yeah. want to do that with your dog. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? My dogs love dancing. Right. And so <laughs> it's interesting. They, tell me. <laughs> it, they do. I'm sure they do. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's interesting because like the partner that I'm with for almost 10 years had told me you're one of the few people that didn't write that you liked walks on the beach. Mm. Literally what you just said. I was just yeah. right out there with who I was and I didn't say all the cliches and sure I wouldn't mind walking with someone on the beach, but I don't have to do that to have a relationship with someone. Right. So do you even I, live near a beach? I don't know. I'm in Arizona. Yeah. See, so. but I, right. But, but I am from Southern California. Um, oh, okay. And, okay. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah. And we have the lake 20 minutes away or whatever, but that's, it's that's like a beach. People say right? that here and I'm like, what beach are you talking about? Please tell me. <laughs> I love that. Cause I don't think it's a beach either. Damn it. Uh -huh, but uh, yeah. when these people talk about, I like to go do this and that it's like, um, I guess you're not focused on the, like the relationship and like right. what's needed in the relationship. Like your mind's out there doing this and that, doing all these things to make yourself happy. It's like, mm -hmm. hmm, don't know about you. And then you right. do a little bit more, you know, if you're interested, you can move on. But if you're interested, you could do a little bit more researching that. But some people who are talking about things that are things mm -hmm. or doing things, going out and doing, a lot of them are emotionally unavailable. That's true. It's actually true. I hear that because it's they're looking for people to fill their uh, time rather than their needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, companion yes. maybe or um, somebody to just go and just have a good time with. But what about mm -hmm. the needs of both people, the needs of the relationship? Like, right. you know, and I know I'm biased because, you know, I'm, I help people with relationship. Relationships right. is a huge thing for me, right? Right. And I'm going to tell you the secret about me. Um, I've had more long-term relationships, like more years of long-term <laughs> relationships than mm -hmm. most people walking this earth. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not young, but I have over 75 years of long-term relationships. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'm not talking about dating for a year. I'm talking about the shortest one is 10 years. Wow. The longest wow. one is 25. 25 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So unfortunately that one started out with, it was an early partner. Uh, mm -hmm. They had a lot of anger and rage. It was what I was used to. Mm -hmm. um, great person, 
uh, I hung in there and sometimes you hang in there more than you should. Right. Uh, but one day they had a, um, as a trans person, they had, um, a, uh, a tumor in the pituitary gland. We didn't know about it. So that kind oh. of explains some of the rage. Um, right. but it blew up in their head and they had to have uh, brain surgery and then they had to wow. take steroids after that. So their personality completely changed within yeah. three years. Um, yeah. they, they were like a, another person. Well, before mm -hmm. that they were another person, but they left. Um, and, and it was better for me that they did. Right. Right. There's nothing you can do when there's something seriously clinical like that. It's mm -hmm. pretty bad, but I, that rage, I didn't miss the, the anger. Right. I didn't miss right. that, but I have right. had a lot of, I, I, I've had a few long-term relationships. So mm -hmm. I've had a lot of experience. If I've had 75 years worth of relationships, that's a right. lot of talking. That's a mm -hmm. lot of figuring things out. That's a lot yes. of working on things. Um, and it's a lot of in youth, not having good boundaries. It's a lot mm -hmm. of things in youth about being too loyal and patient. Right. Um, so I've learned a lot and I've learned mm -hmm. a lot through my clients over the years of things that I've, I've helped save marriages of 20, 30 and 40 years. And yeah. I know when people come in in a crisis, I'll tell you this right now, um, communication is super important. So is trust. Mm -hmm. Those two are not the most important things when a relationship is in crisis and Ooh, you're going to, okay. they're going to go and get facilitation and work on it. You know, what's needed the most comfort, empathy, empathy. Okay. Yeah. So I've had, I'll have like over the years, I'll have a couple come in. They have, you know, had, they have like adult kids married a mm -hmm. long time and they're angry and they're hurt. I've got to make sure that each one of them understands where they're coming from, but I've got to make sure that each one of them is willing to understand where the other one is yes. and what they need. If we can't do that, there's not much of a chance to help relationship in crisis. I'm a little bit of a secret weapon on that. Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of the word spreads cause I don't, advertise it or anything, but, um, people will send people to me with that, with in, being a couple in crisis. And there's some people yeah. who've been at the very verge. Someone's, you can tell when someone's, you know, energy is leaving the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, there are people at the very verge and we've been able to get a save and we've been yeah. able to get them back and help their marriage and, and, or their relationship. And I, I'm so grateful for that work. It's all of the work I do is sacred, but that is like, wow, the Hail Marys, you know, the, I'm the last resort a lot and I don't, mm -hmm. mind. I'm comfortable with that. But we need the empathy or else yeah. the relationships in crisis don't have a chance. Right. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. So you say 75 years. Mm -hmm. So you've uh, been in successful polyamorous, polyamorous relationships, I assume. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. So you're, all of this that you're talking about now, let's spread it out. You don't have oh. one partner. You have multiple partners. Um, so... Go ahead. Translate that. Translate these communications. How how do you handle that with many people? Um, actually, I've always been the head of the household, and I, I have a lot of responsibility on me. Um, but right now, I've decided to keep it to one partner. Okay. And we just really focus on that that relationship. Now, I'm good friends with another long time, you know, sixteen year partner. Real good friends. Mm -hmm. um, and I had another partner who did go into her daughter, went off to school and she turned to alcohol. Um, she has it in her family. Um, mm -hmm. She did it for a long time quietly um, and, 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 and snuck it and lied about it like addicts will do. Yes. And it was really, really sad because it really did a number on their relationship. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end, she knew that um, she had quit and started using again. She knew that I couldn't 
because I had addiction in my childhood, in my past with my parent, and I couldn't do that. And she right. knew that. And so she decided that instead of working on it, she continued to drink. And so she left. And okay. that was really that like, mm. so uh, that hurt. Um, mm -hmm. those, those two relationships I told you about were really painful, but it's actually better for me because they were people who weren't really focusing on, as we talked about earlier, their health. Mm -hmm. They weren't focusing right. on their health and well-being, And it was hurting me and it was hurting the relationship. So that, and then I have another, uh, like I said, a, a ex that we get along great, we're friends. And we just really kind of turned into us being more friends. Um, and she gets along great with my current partner. It's awesome. Um, and it's good. But right now I'm not looking, I don't <laughs> have an open relationship. I've never had an open relationship. The way I got started in poly was interesting. I had the, um, the one I was married to was like, uh, yeah, go do what you need to do. There was no intimacy. And I was like, um, uh, okay. They, I just don't want to know about it. Just go do what you need to do. I'm like, okay, wow. And I'm like thinking, you know, I'm young and I, I don't want to not have intimacy just because you're not feeling like having it because of your, mm -hmm. you know, some of your issues with the trans issues like that's right. And so they're like, go just, that's cool. And I did. And the woman I met, um, was like, we were together for a while. And she's like, you have a lot of love to give. And I think that you should, should, should look for other partners and get other partners. And I'm like, ah, I'm not really comfortable with that. She's like, I really think we should talk about it. I think you should, cause you have a lot mm -hmm. of love to give. She didn't know that I've always had a number of people who've said to me, you're my best friend. <laughs> I've always <laughs> been this person who always juggled people in my life and I did it well. And right. so I ended up uh, over time kind of having that journey, finding somebody else. And it worked out really, really well. Um, and like I said, the other two partners, the one with the thing blowing up and the rage and the one with the addiction, mm -hmm. those were good relationships for a while. Um, right. But they're only as good as how healthy the person is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, and that's a lot. I've learned, I learned a lot. I've learned that I was too patient and tolerant about those things. Um, and I wasn't quiet. I, I spoke up, but I just was too loyal. Um, right. And, and, and I'm glad that I learned from those and those moved on. Um, the other one went to more of a friendship. That's great. But this one that's been going on for almost 10 years, I got to tell you, it's the most healthiest relationship ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to go on and, and, and do probably do a live about this, but we talked about this is that she has BPD okay, and she actually got it cured, uh, by working on it herself and doing mm -hmm. uh, with her own therapist with DBT, uh, mm -hmm. which is huge. And she, she really worked on it and applied herself because she wanted to do it for her, but also she wanted to keep the relationship with me because I was at the point where I need to have like a healthy partner I can't have a relationship where I'm going to be mistreated and I can't right. trust. So she's like, I totally get it. And so I helped her find someone. We found someone mm -hmm. amazing. Um, she's worked with her for a few years and she basically told her uh, recently, you don't have any traits of it at all. Wow. And yeah, healthiest relationship ever. Loving, healthy, wonderful, open, communicative, um, supportive, all the beautiful things. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And we've gone through a lot to get there. Right. Uh, the first five years were really difficult. Um, but I did get to the point where I was like, I'm, I'm, I've learned enough from these other two relationships. I'm mm -hmm. not going to do this anymore. And my, I had one early on that was 10 years. It was again, rage and, you know, anger stuff right. when I was really, right. really young. Um, but I'm like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And, and she got it and mm -hmm. we have this, it's just amazing. So I do the same thing is that <clears throat> I have complex trauma. 
I work on that. I work on my recovery because mm -hmm. I want her to have the best partner possible. And we want to have the best relationship possible. And I don't right. vomit my trauma on her. I am responsible for it. Um, if I need her help, I can, I can ask and we can talk about how she can help me with something, but I'm responsible for that. And I'm really mm -hmm. happy to do that. I'm happy to, to be in recovery and to teach recovery and all the things. So I actually have taken what I've learned and applied mm -hmm. into my work. Uh, but I've had a, a ton of experience with this, with, um, with clients and even with yeah. readers. I've heard from thousands of readers of, re of my book over the years. Yeah. Wow. You helped me understand myself, my relationship. Like I'm all about that relationship with self and others. So, yeah. um, it's a huge, huge thing for me. I know you're really big on the sister wives thing and I think you're doing yes. a damn good job of it. <laughs> and I have to tell you that my family members and I would watch it. Mm -hmm. And I think we were kind of like the, the opposite of the, we were the anti Browns. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, there was no like, oh, it's the religious thing and all the things. And, yeah, mm -hmm. it was nothing like that. But we would watch it and I would take note of there's something doesn't look right here. This looks really off. And none of us liked Cody. And, and, and I kept saying from the very beginning, I think it was the first episode, he doesn't look his children in their eyes. Wow, I'm going to have to notice that now. I'm really I really gonna have to notice that. I saw that, and like he does not sit and look them in their eyes and like connect with them unless mm -hmm. they're really, 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 really young, mm -hmm. and he puts them on his lap or holds them. Especially when the camera's That's, around. Now that connection <clears throat> that I saw with him is just kind of creepy. <laughs> it Honestly, is. it is. Did you see the kiss with the? Daughter? Well, so I with <clears throat> the kiss, I'm I'm a little bit torn about that because. <clears throat> We remember Angelina Jolie and she would kiss her brother on the lips and they would take a freeze of her kissing her brother on yeah. the lips and they'd be like, they're making out. And it's like, no, they're not. Could you Contest. see it happening? It was really quick, which Cody does that. And I know that there's a lot of families who do do that. My family does not do that. It's very foreign to me. I just think it's weird that someone who grew up Mormon would be doing that. Um, because right, but in I my Mormon family, we were no contact, no touching. Exactly, but you right. wouldn't see him do that with any of the other kids all those years. So right. I thought that that was weird because all that time, all those years, you didn't see that with the other kids. And he would be holding them and telling them how good they were when they were small. But the mm -hmm. bigger they got, especially mm -hmm. if they were the, 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 the daughters really missed that father connection, I feel, I felt like. Yes. But the yes. sons, it was worse. Um, yes. the older they got, the more they got their own mind. I think the mm -hmm. less he had to do with them. Yes. Um, and I've seen, especially the sensitive one, Gabe. Mm -hmm. Um, but the little ones were just so moldable and adored, adored him and uh -huh. so cute. And it we was, want to be so like good. dad. We, they even wanted to have the same haircut and they even wanted, you know, there, you like, go. there was a lot of things that yeah. they were marrying about him. Yeah. He liked that. When that. they got so older. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're out. But um, we'd sit and watch that and I'd go, there's something about this guy. It just doesn't look right. It's all excited about the camera and ego. And then he doesn't really connect with his kids the way a father would. Right. Um, not really a human human connection. I really didn't see much of that at all. And you think with a shitload of kids, you'd see a bunch of that, a bunch of connecting. Right. I just didn't see it. So we, we watched it and we was, so we're like the opposite of that because we didn't get into this based on any belief or any, you know, anything like that. It's mm -hmm. just, they knew that I was poly. Um, I've dated people too. I've dated therapists. Uh, I've dated all kinds of different professionals. I've dated people here and there, not because, 
oh, we just opened up the relationship. It was certain times where it was like, you know what? That's fine. I'm cool with it. No problem. I'm like, you know what? It's been eight years. You know, I feel like I want to go out and, and I want to just go out and, and, and date someone and just get to know them and just have fun and have a good time. They're like, yeah, we get it. No problem. I didn't go do anything behind anyone's back. I've never cheated on anyone. Um, mm -hmm. Everything is very ethical. But right now I'm just really enjoying the monogamous part of my life. Right. Um, I'm still poly. I still know how to love multiple people, but I, I really want to focus on my relationship and, and put my, you know, put, put my energy there. People think, oh, my energy doesn't goes here and there. And you know, my energy just is with this one person. I've right. loved all my partners more than anyone ever loved them. And maybe ever will. I don't know. Yeah. But I did. I love them. I spent time with them. I put energy into it. I it, it, I just know how to do that. You know, right. I was the head. I was the Unlike oldest. Cody. Ever, you what? Oh, Unlike yeah. Cody. Exactly. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, God. Yeah. What a shit show. Anyway, sorry uh, about the mm -hmm. pussy. Yeah. No, you're fine. We're, we're good yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, he didn't, he just doesn't have it. You know, I didn't know he's that. very, very cold and, and uses them as a resource. He uses them as a resource. <clears throat> I agree. And that's, this is a part of the show that I was, um, and what made me start doing the TikTok is I started, um, resonating with that. I'm like, oh my gosh, in my previous relationships, I was a resource. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. value myself more than that because I was letting them do that to me, treat me as a resource. And so recognizing yeah. that, you know, I shouldn't be treated, I should not be treated as a resource. No, you I'm shouldn't not here to make your life easier. We yeah. can make our lives easier together, but in a very mutual and respectful kind of a way. I know you've got to be yeah. careful if someone's going to treat you like the other, like a, another parent or someone else is going to be responsible yes. for them. And they're, they uh, just, a lot of people never grow up. Uh-huh. And they don't, yeah. they're not able to take responsibility as an adult. So they manipulate and they let mm -hmm. someone else take care of them. Yes. That happens. We're not naming any names. Right. But, you know, I'm sorry you've gone through that and you may not have, have, have valued yourself enough, but mm -hmm. sometimes you can say as well, maybe you value the relationship too much. Maybe there's yes. a codependent and enabling factor. I know I've had that. Uh-huh. Um, so that happens to people, happens to some of the best people. And sometimes it's a trauma response. Yep. It is, you know? it is. And I recognize that very much, you know, I was in therapy. Um, so I was able to talk it out and get to the, I feel like I'm going to be in trouble if I say no, I oh, feel like, that's... and which I would, I would be in trouble if I said no. And so I felt like I'm doing wrong because now you're upset. You're yelling at me. You're, you know, saying these things to me that are hurtful. And that's because I did something to upset you. And I had to recognize that I don't own your emotions. When you're I'm not, not responsible for them. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. No. And you know what else you recognize is next time you feel afraid that someone's going to be mad, you want to kind of like go into that and explore it and either mm -hmm. find out if it's you or if it's them. Right. You know, be careful because people that do that, if they get somebody that, that is caring mm -hmm. and they get somebody that does carry the weight responsibly, uh, you may end up testing them and you want to be careful. You know, you don't want to test them. Yes. Right. So purposefully can, say no to things in order to create yeah, purpose, a response. Yeah. Right. Or purposely not even say no, but like rebel or push mm -hmm. back in ways that aren't necessary to see. But when you do say no, um, you know what? That's not really something that I'm comfortable with or whatever. 
uh, watch for the reaction. And if you mm-hmm. ever get, and that's the thing is rule of thumb. If you ever get in a relationship with someone, a friendship or any of that, where you are afraid to say no, that is not healthy. That is right. not a good thing. And that right. something needs to be done about it right away. Mm-hmm. People yes. tell me all the time, oh, they're going to be mad. They're going to be, they're going to be upset. They're going to call me selfish. Da, da, da. And I'm, I know that the people who call selfish are the selfish people. Yes. <laughs> right. I know the people who hate boundaries, who hate the fact you have boundaries, have shoved their boundaries down your throat for the whole time, right? They, they, yes. Yeah. So people don't look at it that way. So it's mm-hmm. important to not just it, have an internal focus about it. It's important to go outside yourself and look at what where they're coming from as well. I work, I specialize in working with highly sensitive people. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar with that, but you may have seen it on my feed. And it's a, probably, I guess, at a, one out of every three or four people are HSPs now, highly sensitive people, because now they're saying it could be up to 30%. So really, if you're not, someone you love is. And a lot of highly sensitive people, they make things about them, not in a narcissistic way, but they make Mm -hmm. it about them as in, I need to fix this. I need to take care of this. I need to take responsibility for this. This was my fault. I need to do better. They don't like me. It must be Mm -hmm. something I did. How It's usually not about you. That sounds like me. I'll be perfectly honest. That sounds like the traits that I have. I must have done this. I have to fix it. I have to, I, I did something okay. wrong. Yeah. Wow. And I don't know if that's highly sensitive uh, for you, right. but it definitely is more of like maybe a well, codependent. Also, yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, it could be a trauma response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and a lot of HSPs have had trauma mm-hmm. and they can feel it deeper than other people who are not. Right. And so it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy because if you, if you're getting that where it's up to you to change it, Mm-hmm. Here is my hack on that. And this changed my life. Uh, and it's 100% true. And this is what I told myself. You do not have the right. Not not only is you not responsible and it's mm-hmm. not your place. You don't have the damn right to interfere in someone else's path. In their okay. learning, in their growth, it's not your right. And the reason I say it that way is because highly sensitive people, including myself, mm-hmm. um they are very ethical people. They don't want to hurt other people. They don't want to do the wrong thing. Right. So when you say you don't have the right to do that, it's intimating that you're doing wrong to someone. If you mm-hmm. go in and try to take responsibility that's not yours, you try to fix what's not yours, um, or if you're you're creating a situation that is imbalanced <clears throat> and healthy, doesn't have boundaries, you're also doing a number on the other person because you're taking away their own journey to learn and grow and learn the hard way, learn the good way, get the rewards from it, right? you know, get the payment, whatever. You're interfering in that. Okay. So that changed my life because I stopped doing that. I grew up doing it as trauma response out of Mm -hmm. survival and to help the whole family. I like raised my mother. Um, And then I had my brothers and little brothers, but I realized that and I was done. I was, I didn't do that anymore. Well, total paradigm I mean, that shift. is a completely different way of looking at it because you're, you're, you're taught so much in society. If, if somebody's struggling or if they need help doing something that you need mm-hmm. to push them to, you know, go to therapy or to learn these lessons and do such. But if you're putting it that way, that you're interfering in their own self journey mm-hmm. to get there. Mm-hmm. Although it's true. It's also the thought process of an addict going into treatment isn't going to stop using because they were forced to go into treatment. Right? That's why exactly. Yeah. If you're going to try yeah. to push them into doing that before they mm-hmm. hit their rock bottom, then that could end up killing them. 
Right. That could end up really hurting them and their journey. So not a good thing. But if you're, but here's the caveat. If you're in a relationship, uh -huh. you have the right to tell someone, look, I see that you're hurting from this or that you're suffering from this situation. And I am too, mm -hmm. because you are. So I'm going to encourage you to get some help on it. It's right. not that you have to fix it, but it's okay for you to speak up and say, look, this isn't okay. You should not be suffering unnecessary, unnecessarily. It's hard for me to watch it and it affects our lives. Right. Some of you probably know that two of my three dogs are chihuahuas. Sweetest girls on the planet, I swear they are. But they had a bit of a problem. They were using potty pads. I didn't like it, but I couldn't help it because my Miha, she has a bad back and she can't make it all the way down the stairs to get on the lawn. Perfect solution came to me. It is doggy lawn. What is doggy lawn? It is fresh cut squares of grass that come to you on a subscription service that you put on your deck on your patio. If you have the apartment life, this may be the perfect solution for you. And I have special deals and discounts for you if you use the link in this description or in my link tree. Look, I, the doggy lawn has changed my life. No more do I need to pick up potty pads every day. Miha just goes on her lawn and she's happy as can be. So check it out. If you have a little doggy that needs a little help, or if you have a big doggy that needs a lot of help, they have big lawns too. Check it out at Doggy Lawn in my link. Have you tried tuck-ins? Uh, I know what you're thinking, tuck-ins. No, these are s'mores on a stick. That's right. It's already on a stick. The marshmallow is on the outside. The good stuff is on the inside. Not only is it s'mores, but they have different flavors. You guys, they have peanut butter. They have cookies and cream. So good. Forget all the mess. Forget all the work. It comes right on the stick. Stick it over the fire. Toast it up and stick it right in your mouth. Go to tuckins.com. I will have the link in this episode's description. If you use discount code LEHEYZIKS, L-E-H-E-Y-E-Z-I-K-S, you will get 20% off your order. You need to try these. These are the perfect thing to take in the backyard, perfect thing to go camping. So yummy, so delicious, and so easy. Get your tuckins today. You have a course coming up. I, I do. I yes. have a full-on relationship course. I'm total optimizing relationships, and I've put a lot into it, and it's like a full of good stuff. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. What kind of what kind of good stuff are we going to see? Oh, wow. There's a good question. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to talk about how the three important things in relationships are connection, understanding, and safety. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about and explain in there about how people should not play games, including they shouldn't have assumptions. They shouldn't assume something about someone. You have to have the conversation. Um, I'm going to do a whole thing that's going to make people see a completely different view about being conflict avoidant and how, how um, damaging it is. Right. And what to do about it. And I actually have this really cool graphic about how, like, um, imagine, like, if they're, if you're in this place where you're just tolerating, right? You're just tolerating the relationship. You may be a little passive aggressive. You're just tolerating crap. Right. And then there's this spectrum over here where there's blowups or shutdowns, right? Mm -hmm. Here in between, a lot of conflict avoided people skip that part and they go from here to here, mm -hmm. right? They hang out here and then all of a sudden they're over here and they miss this part. This part right here is what people uh, traditionally call difficult conversations, 
It's what I call important conversations. It's where we have connection and understanding and empathy and all the good things, right? So I I do a a whole different thing on that than than I've ever seen anyone do. Um, It does talk about, um, I talk about unspoken agreements that people make Mm -hmm. uh, that they need to change when they find out that it's not healthy. Uh, And also when people make decisions in the relationship that are really going to affect the other partner in a bad way, that they're making decisions for their partner against their will. And that includes cheating. Yes. Right. So I have a lot, I've had a lot of clients are like, well, they did this to me and you know, this and that. I'm like, they made a decision for you against your will. And they're like, Mm -hmm. so we talk about that as well. We talk about relationships in crisis. Um, We talk about recovering from, uh, you know, relationships and kind of like building yourself back up again, healing again, and getting empowerment from it. I believe that when you're able to leave those things behind, you have the courage to leave things behind, not just things in your life, but Mm -hmm. parts of you that don't work anymore, don't serve you anymore. That's the same courage that helps you rise. So I'm going to put a lot of that energy in this, in this course. We're also going to talk about what feeds the relationship, what feeds it the most, um, and why it needs to be fed because it's not fed what, 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 what the alternative is, but we'll talk about feeding this relationship and keeping it strong and healthy. So it's going to have some good stuff. It's going to have some, um, some, uh, things that people can look at some PDFs. Uh, it'll be mostly on video. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to releasing it and I appreciate you asking about it. I think it's going to help. Yeah. You. This, this sounds like it's going to be something that's great, not for just those who are in relations, relationships, but those, like you said, who are looking to get into better and more healthy relationships going forward. Oh yeah. So, those, yeah, those so do overs, the, the doing mm-hmm. it right for you this time. Yes. I tell a lot of people, I'm like, look, don't, don't look for a relationship right now. They're like, we have it being alone. And I go, but you have to, you have to fix that. Right. You have to work on that first and you have to work on some of your healing first. You got to wait because Mm -hmm. if you don't wait, you're going to attract the same. Well, and, and going from relationship to relationship to relationship really isn't going to solve any problems when it comes to love. (laughs) No, it wastes time and it hurts Mm -hmm. your heart. So yes. yeah. And yes. heartbreak. Wow. That's a whole thing too. recovery from heartbreak. Um, I do have some of that in there too. Um, okay. it, it's, it's so painful that people could see the wound from heartbreak, boy, they can, oh, yes. but there's ways to, to deal with it and to manage it and work through it that you can actually get benefit out of it. So okay. yeah. So that will be something covered too. So yeah, a lot of stuff, a lot of good yeah. stuff. So this is, it's going to be an online course. Yes. It'll be a self-paced okay. online course. Oh, great. Great. Yeah. So when are you going to be launching this? Um, I'll be launching it probably in a week and a half from now. So okay. I don't know when you're so, going to air this. So yeah. By the it. time this airs, it'll be launched because it'll be a couple weeks when this is aired. So awesome. it's probably about the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That works yeah. out right on. I know. Right. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. This, is, this is fun. I yeah. I've so enjoyed this. I love talking about relationships, yeah. but you're easy to talk to. Oh, good. You know, yeah. I hear that. I hear that a lot. <laughs> no, you're funny too. You know, there's well, the humor I, too. So I made a podcast because I talked to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So how the course, how long is it going to take to complete it? You say it's self-paced, but let's yeah. say you're a, you're an average pacer. It, it, average, that's a good, that's a good question. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. It's not too, too, too long, but okay. it's more of the thing where you come in and get what you need. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not like you have to start here. I do not make my courses where you start here and you have to take all these steps because it doesn't work. 
So I'll, I do this, like, here's this, here's this, here's this, and here's this. You can take what you're feeling like you're needing now. Okay. The most I may hook onto it, like a, a, maybe like some kind of a discount if they want to get into my program and work one-on-one with me. Um, that's a big deal to me. My program, it's super powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, it's called breakthrough transformation program. And I have access to all of my courses for clients in that, like all my courses, all my techniques, my hypnosis, um, they have access to all of that, even though okay. I only have a few courses for sale. Um, so I may include um, some kind of discount if people are interested in my pro- one-on-one program. Mm-hmm. But um, I think people can take it as they like. Like if they take, you use it for a while, maybe you look at a few modules one week, you kind of digest it, go to the next, and then see where you what you're needing the next okay. week. Yeah, it's kind of okay, how I wrote. so it's not going to disappear. You're not going to say, oh, you have six months of access. It's Yeah, okay. I, I don't. I don't do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, you need to buy now. Like I, this no. is really helpful inf- information because there is a lot of folks that just like to have that tool to, to hold on to for when they feel they need it. So this sounds exactly. perfect for, yeah. 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 And, and I know that if you say, well, it's, ur- you create ur- urgency, you get more sales, but that's not what I'm looking to do. I'm looking mm-hmm. to help the people who want the help and are willing to do the work. Um, and so if they buy it, it'll be there for them. And, uh, yeah, nice. I'm literally looking forward to it. So, and Perfect. I, and I appreciate you asking about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about the hypnosis. Sure. All right. So hypnosis you do, um, you have to be in person to do hypnosis. Actually, no, I won't oh. do it over the phone, but right. I have to be able to see the client and make sure, you know, they're okay. Check their breathing, you know, the whole mm-hmm. bit. Um, I have, before the pandemic, I had a brick and mortar office for years and years and years, like 20 years. Um, and it was great. It was, they, they were there, but now I do it virtually and it's fine. They get set up. They put, maybe if they want to put an eye cover on or something and play music mm-hmm. and do hypnosis. Mostly what I do is I have hypnosis that's recorded. I actually have, I think the only hypnosis I know of where you actually are able to talk to, or that my hypnosis does it, talking to your nervous system for nervous system regulation recovery. So I have some of the hypnosis recordings in my portal for my clients in my program. That's mostly how I do it. That's mostly how I do it now. But I've hypnotized people and helped them pass their boards when they were, you know, wanting to be, you know, counselors and nurses. Um, I've helped people walk again and eat again. Um, help people get over horrible phobias. I'm also a master practitioner of neurolinguistic programming, which goes great with hypnosis. Um, okay. Super powerful stuff, but it works. There's stuff you can do for phobias, grief, trauma, um, really cool stuff. So I actually use a lot of my tools in my program as well. Um, but hypnosis really works. If anybody is ever thinking about it, um, you know, there's some people that can't be hypnotized. Uh, some people that can't visualize and that's fine. You can hip- hypnotize people if they can't visualize a different way based on feeling. Okay. Um, but it's not scary. It's super powerful. It's non-invasive, non, non-toxic and super effective. Super okay. effective. Okay. So, uh, when people cannot be hypnotized, mm-hmm. is there like a common denominator in there, a certain block that they have personality wise or thought process wise, or is it just random? Either you can or you can't. Um, some people can more than others. The people who can't are usually people who, I mean, you can't, if, if like people who have schizophrenia, mm-hmm. people who are really impaired, like with drugs um, or alcohol, no. Um, but then there's other people who um, there's a few 
that just can't. Right. And it's a, such a small number that it could be any reason why. It could be okay. their nervous system is different. Um, you know, who knows? Um, but I haven't come across a lot of that. I really haven't because most people I've come across have been able to be hypnotized. I know a ton of people who believe they can't. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it depends <laughs> on the hypnotist. Uh, yeah. you don't really have to trust them because they're not actually the ones hypnotizing you, which is mm -hmm. weird. You're doing it yourself. They're just guiding. So you have total control. You can't do or say anything, uh, against your will. Um, okay. it's just impossible. So if I were to talk about you, you know, riding a purple elephant, you just, you wouldn't, it'd be like, I didn't you'd say it. You disregard it. It wouldn't mean nothing to you. Um, but I'm not in the business for, to say things that don't mean things to people. I'm in the business to say things that, that are what people want, um, right. to help with, uh, the mind loves, um, all kinds of stories and metaphors. So we use metaphors. Mm -hmm. Um, we use uh, deepening techniques and things like that. I didn't think I could be hypnotized. And I was hypnotized for the first time with someone using two words. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. Um, a lot of words were, I don't want to say those words because I don't want you to be hypnotized. I, know, right? I wouldn't know how I know. to bring you out of it. But it, it actually, thank you. <laughs> it actually, it, yeah, and it actually doesn't work that way. It, it has to be, you have to be willing to mm -hmm. be hypnotized and ready. People on the stage, they wanted to perform. They wanted to please. They want, and they, they'll remove people from the stage who don't want to, if you notice that. Um, okay. So wait a minute. Yeah. Let's go back to that. Let's sure, not walk sure. away from that thought. Yeah. The people on the stage, and you said that they remove people who don't want to perform. So, so as they're asking them, as they're coming up, is there mm -mm. qualifiers that they have? <clears throat> no, they're to know sitting them is? down. They're uh -huh. sitting them down and they're talking like they're hypnotizing everyone, right? Mm -hmm. And when they see someone who's playing around or who's not taking the suggestions or not concentrating and not mm -hmm. trying to, to do that, they'll have them go back and sit in the audience. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Cause I've never seen one live. I've only seen this stuff on TV. Yeah. Yeah. I now, am. It's when they the have person, them like squawk like a duck and stuff like yeah. that. Is that real? Yeah. Does this? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. In the moment, they don't have any problem with it. They're happy to do it. But if they go into that person's office the next day uh -huh. and they're like, go ahead and, 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 and cluck like a chicken or what they won't do it. It's just, right. Yeah. It's not about controlling someone. It's about having, you know, the kind of hypnosis I do is therapeutic. It's, and mm -hmm. I do some clinical, it's about helping you um, get to the state or get to the goals or make the changes you want to make. And that's what I'm going to say. And that's how I'm going to talk. Mm -hmm. So you're going to buy everything I'm saying, cause that's what you want. Right. So what you want to just gets reinforced and your body will make the changes to do that. Like the woman who didn't, could not <clears throat> want to conceive, didn't have any children. She wanted to conceive, but she couldn't eat. She had been to specialists all over the country, everywhere. She talked to different doctors and different things. And I was like the last resort. She didn't have mm. any other choice. So she came in and told me about what was going on. I talked to her about what caused this, like what, how did it start? So we went back and found out, well, how did this start? It was been like a year ago or whatever year from that time. And we talked it through and talked about her state when it happened, what state of mind she was in and what was going, you know, we, we talked all about that. So I got to unpack it and find out some of what was going on. Nobody else had done that. Yeah. So then I used what I knew and what I knew she wanted. And I did hypnosis with her. We did hypnosis for, I think, three or four sessions. And I didn't hear from her. And I, I do that. I'm like, you know, people, you don't hear from them. That's fine. I just hope they it helped. And then like eight months later, I got an email and she's like, Hey, I don't know if you remember me. I couldn't eat. And you helped me so much because I started eating again. I was fine. And, and I was able to conceive 
and I'm going to have a baby and I want to come to you for labor hypnosis. Oh, wow. I was like, okay. Wow. <laughs> and it's so cool because like years later I came across her Facebook page and saw her little boy and I was like, yes, you know, awesome. That was like a great moment. So now you say labor hypnosis, you can help oh. with labor pains through hypnosis. Labor, the success of labor, um, the metaphor, one of the metaphors I used was a, a little boy. They knew it was a boy on, on a little, um, uh, in a little boat coming toward the shore, towards family, mm. you know, and, and, and it's interesting because I have done hypnosis for people before a surgery or mm -hmm. procedure. And the doctors are like, wow, you're healing up. Like I've never seen you heal so quickly or well, because you get your mind and body on board and you use yeah. hypnosis to do it. It's so amazing to tap in to the power of your mind. Wow. It's amazing. It's just like, I've seen the things I've seen have been that because people tapped in the power of their mind have been just transformative. They've been amazing. Yeah. I was, I was, I was dating this one girl. She was a, she was a school counselor and <clears throat> she had some problems with her son. And so she hired a, a woman, a, another counselor to work with her son who was specialized. And she talked to her and she had brought up me for some reason. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, Chris Lyons, she helped me pass my boards so I could do this. And I'm like, hmm. wow, cool. It's like I had yeah. one nurse pass and she was like, could it? she flunked like three times. And the fourth time, she was so desperate, she got the, the highest score in the class. Wow. After, after, after working with me doing the hypnosis, it's the mind's powerful. I'm telling you wow. it's, it's the mind is a, you just, there's so many hacks you can do with the mind. And that's a lot of what I use in relationships with people to have, to get them ready to have these great, to find their ideal partner and have a great yeah. relationship. It's a lot of mind stuff. So yeah, I mean, I would recommend hypnosis. There's some people, very small amount, uh, small percentage who can't be hypnotized, but a lot of people have told me they couldn't. And they came in and I hypnotized them. And I think it's because they had a shitty hypnotist. That yeah. was my best guess. So, yeah. Or they did it on the sideshow thing and they were drinking and having a party and got called didn't up work. on stage. You didn't went, work. Yeah, this isn't working. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And then other people <laughs> who say they can't be hypnotized because they just don't, they're too scared and they don't want to be. And my right. question is to that, have you ever daydreamed? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> because that's trance. So if you could daydream. If you uh -huh. could like drive a few miles and then not realize you drove it or you're yep. you zone out on the commercials or whatever, then you can be hypnotized. Yeah. It's, it's That's trans. interesting. You say <laughs> that I often, when I'm watching TV and I'm focused on the TV and then it becomes the whole picture in your mind. Right. And mm -hmm. then at some point you snap out of it and you're like, Oh wait, I'm still just looking at a little box on the wall. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's like you did like an immersion thing. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that was kind of you getting tranced out and really like getting hypnotized by the whole thing and just immersing yeah. yourself in it. And really yeah. with hypnosis, you actually hear everything. You are hypersensitive. You, you mm. can feel the temperature. You can hear sounds better, all that, but you don't care because you're relaxed. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's people don't realize it's just a, a, a certain state of awareness. Right. That really helps you to make, um, to, to help you connect to your unconscious mind to make the changes. And your unconscious mind, it's interesting, and I'll just throw this at you in case, because you were interested, is there's a few roles the unconscious mind has. One is to, uh, record everything we experience and store it, which is awesome, even in a peripheral way, right? Right. And I, I love that. 
And then there's another one of the unconscious mind is to, um, is to respond to our commands. And that's why people get hypnotized because it, the unconscious mind doesn't think in negative terms. It doesn't question you. Mm. Self-talk. Anyone want to think about self-talk? Um, yeah. It doesn't question you. When you say a command, um, your unconscious mind takes it as if it should be truth. Now, the most powerful commands are visual. That's why okay. a good hypnotist will do a lot of visual or feeling um, hypnosis and the unconscious mind will really be able to grab onto that, especially if it's, it's metaphors. But the unconscious mind does, I mean, it, it heals us. It, it's running uh, automatic parts of our body, our heartbeat, our breathing when we're not paying. That's another thing it does. But there's a few jobs it has and one is to respond to our commands. Okay. And it's pretty damn powerful. So watch how you talk to yourself, I guess, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that. <laughs> that little thing. That's mm -hmm. a whole nother lesson that we get into. <laughs> That's a whole different ball of wax. Yeah. Sure. Wow. There's so much great information that you have out there. I mean, the, the resources that you have, I think, are going to be really helpful for a lot of people. We know that you have the book already. You have the course coming up. We're, we'll have have the course out. Um, and Make sure to send me, Chris, all of the links to everything because everybody's going to want to see it on the podcast episode so they'll be able sure. to access it. Yes. Sure, I will. Definitely I looking forward that. to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Say the name of the course again. Well, the name of the course is Optimizing Relationships. And Optimizing Relationships. Yeah, it's going to be pretty yes. packed. And we may tweak the name a little bit, though. Mm -hmm. We'll see. But it's going to be all about that. It's going to have all the things I teach about relationships in there. And just from my experience with clients, yep. there's a lot. Just from my experience with my readers, there's a lot. Hmm. Just from my experience, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a ton. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting that out there. I think it's going to be, it could be a good addition to my book as well. Yes. I, do you have uh, any books coming out in the future as well? That's a good question. People ask me to write a book and I probably mm. should. I wrote that book and I actually created a masterclass collection um, for dominant submissive partners that I just released. That is about relationships as well. So people who are those kind of partners, they really should be picking that up and using that with my book. Um, but yeah, I don't know about other books. I have so many courses. I have this book. I have so many, and I have so much content out there too. A uh, load of content. There's so much, but I may, I may take time to write a book. If I don't, it'll probably be a couple articles. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I may, I may do a book. We'll, we'll see. People keep. No, we'll find me. out. We'll yeah. If you I guys want Chris to do another book, make sure you speak up here. <laughs> yeah. Yay. That's right. We'll have all of our contact information, the TikToks, the Instagrams, <clears throat> the all of the links that you can access everything. We'll have that up on this episode. Yes. Awesome. I think this is this has been some amazing information. Oh, and good. it's it's always good to hear different uh philosophies. <clears throat> Excuse me. When it comes to re relationships, creating relationships, maintaining relationships, yes. and you, your knowledge is just so vast, so vast. It's, it's appreciated here. It's a big deal. deal for me. Thank you. Yeah. And it's just a pleasure. I've been having so much fun. This is so, Good. so much fun. Good. Yeah. I just, I'm looking forward to all the podcasts from you and you continuing to do it. My thank you. Yes. yes, and you'll have to be on 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 again. We'll have some other cool. topic that we can talk about. It'll be great. We could probably find something, yeah. Oh, we'll find something for sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Chris. You bet. Thank you, yep. Lee. Yep. 
If you have a story idea or would like to appear on the show, email me, Lee, that's L-I, Lee at lesbianspeaking.com. Again, that's Lee, L-I, at lesbianspeaking.com. If you would like to support the show and get a little backside content, you can go to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash lesbianspeaking. Thank you for joining me and I will catch you next time.